Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 36 of the In the 11 podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Griffiths, and today we got a very special guest. We have Austin Hill on the podcast. I always have a special place in my heart for anyone who was with me in Germany and, and was a close friend in Germany as well. And that's definitely what I can say about Austin because that place was, was crazy as we both know. And it was, uh, it took, it took having good people around to be able to make it through that. So like I said, I'm, I'm always appreciative of Austin. I'm happy to get him on the episode, happy to get him on the pod and I appreciate you taking the time. So Austin, what's up? Thank you for being here. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. But uh, yeah, Germany. That was an experience and a half right there. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Man. Oh man. We'll we'll get into it. We'll get into it. But let's yeah. let's uh, like like I told you before we get on the air, I, I like to give people stories from players who are kind of done a similar road, I guess, to me, but have maybe bounced around to some different places. So I know a little bit about your kind of career and some of the places that you've been so far in terms of playing, but maybe walk us through kind of after high school, you know, I know there was a little bit of college in there. I know there was some coaching, there were some other things. So maybe right. kind of paint the picture for us of what that looked like after high school and, and club ball for you. Yeah, definitely. Well, to start off, uh, I, I I was never like one of the, like one of the talented people like on the, any of my teams uh I was like always on like the the cusp of getting cut uh so like high school I think I only played technically like half a season of varsity mm-hmm. uh that was like my senior season um and then for some reason I had the confidence for like to say like, hey I want to play college ball even though I've only played for like half a season um and uh, actually, I don't think you know this story, um, but I was reaching out to a bunch of different um, universities. One of them, uh, I guess I'll leave the name out, um, but one of them uh, accepted me, uh, brought me in. Uh, they were incredible. Uh, I was there for like the um, incoming freshman day or whatever that whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, and so basically I made the team on that, on that college team. Uh, and I was super excited, but I hadn't gotten, uh, admitted yet okay. like academically. Um, and I just, for some reason, just like, uh, my senior year, I just was just struggling with grades and, uh, I honestly barely passed, uh, still, still walk though. Uh, barely passed uh high school and then uh it's the college I was going to go to is actually like fairly prestigious I would say uh like academically academic college Mm -hmm. um and so when I found out that uh I did not get accepted it just like blew my entire world um it was it was definitely uh eye-opening I guess um but uh so after that um I took like a I took like a a year rest 
uh, from like school and in, in, in soccer uh, or competitive soccer. At least I was still like training and doing like Sunday leagues and stuff like that. So wait, uh, let me then, ask you just just to fill yeah. in for me. So you were talking to the the coaches and everything, and they were wanting to bring you on, right? Right. But then you didn't get the acceptance from the school. And then was it like not something that they had really any control over the coaches weren't able to pull any strings behind the scenes or something like that? Exactly. I had an atrocious GPA. Uh, so there was, there was absolutely nothing they could do about it. Gotcha. That was, that, that was, that was all on my part. Um, but I mean, that, that was the one thing that like, kept me going. Cause like, I was like, Oh, like they actually did. Like they did want me. Yeah. I made the team. I was just too dumb to go to the school. <laughs> um, but uh, so, after, so after that, uh, after that like little hiatus, uh, I went to um, like a junior college over in uh, around the Seattle area. Uh, it's called Bellevue College. Um, I played there for a year, first season. Um, and that was like the, that's probably like the first time I was actually on like a good team. Mm-hmm. Um because we went to playoffs. Uh, unfortunately, we went, I think we got knocked out like the first or second game in playoffs. But like that team, I'm pretty sure made it all the way to the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the team the team that I was on was really good. Um, so I was like riding the bench for half the season. Uh, but it was still good. Uh, good experience to like practice with all these like really good players. Uh, one guy was from the Netherlands. He was he was just unreal like the 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 ball just like stuck to his foot Mm -hmm. you could not get it off him uh and then oh my gosh and there's another guy who like i I like to think that i'm like pretty fast i'm usually like one of the faster guys on uh each team i go to Mm. this guy was rapid literally the fastest guy i've ever seen and he was he's like five feet tall (laughs) was he international as well or american guy uh, he, he, he was a citizen. Uh, he was from, he was from the Congo, Demo- uh, Democratic Republic of Congo. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like he got a citizenship in Chicago and then he moved to, moved over here to, or moved over to Seattle. Gotcha. So is that experience playing at that, at school, that school Bellevue and you got yeah. to see like some high level players, also some foreign players, stuff like that. Was that kind of the first time that it gave you the bug of like, all right, I kind of want to see if I can play, you know, and do something with the game. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Cause like in high school, I was just like, Hey, I, I just like the game. I like playing. I want to see if I could play at the collegiate level, maybe. And then once I got to above the college, I was like, Oh, you know, maybe if I work really hard, because I was, I mean, st- starting on the bench half the games, so I need to work a lot harder. But if I work a little bit harder, maybe I can, you know, go a little bit further than uh, just collegiate level. Um, yeah, like, it, it's funny, I think, I, I have a very similar experience to that. That was kind of what ignited me to want to, you know, pursue the game in the way that I have so far. And I think a lot of times you notice that players who you do come across that are playing overseas, they do have an experience like that, maybe in college or something where they all of a sudden they get exposed to international players. Maybe they start to talk about, you know, what it's like to play back in Netherlands or what it's like to play in Germany. And all of a sudden you start 
thinking, huh, that could be something. And because you're right, the, the American system, especially, you know, not that we're like super old or anything like that, but it's starting to change a little bit now. So you see more American players go overseas and play and it's more publicized in the media. But before the mindset was just, I'll just go play in college. Like I just want right. to figure out how to play collegiately and that's really it. And then unless you get exposed to maybe some other kind of different influences, you might never even think that playing overseas is an option. Right. Right. And I honestly, I think that's a, one of the reasons why, cause there's a lot of like scrutiny around like, a, like a, going to like the college route mm-hmm. uh, to try to go like professional. Um, but honestly, it's like, if you're not, at that level where you're like 18 17 and like ready to go abroad and like play like i think college is like a perfect thing to go to like for me man if i tried to go to germany when i was 17 18 i would get i'm, I'm almost cussed is it okay if it, to, to cuss yeah, on here cuss. go for it i would all, i would immediately get shot on <laughs> like oh my goodness no, it's, it's such a good point. Like, I think you're 100% right that maybe is college soccer the best way to you to become the best soccer player that you can be? Probably not. But there's so many other factors that go into really being yeah. ready from a playing perspective, like technically and tactically and physically. Can you go over and try and become a professional or try and play in a professional system? And also mentally, like at 17, 18, are you really ready to go over seas and do that on your own? Like college might right. be a way for you to bridge that gap a little bit between, between trying to live on your own and then, okay, now you're living across the world on your own. Like, it's just, it all depends on each and every player. And like That's for you, it was going to college first. For me, it was going to college first as well. That's I just like sparked a little uh a little story from Germany. I just because like all the all the kids that, like have never gone and lived on their own before. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, yeah, and like, and I remember you and I used to talk about it when we were in Germany. But in a way, we felt bad for them and wanted to like take some of the younger kids under our wing and help. But at the same time, it was like it was such a cutthroat environment for everybody. Like everyone was just trying to survive and get theirs and like, make sure that they were good. So you Man, almost I, didn't have like the energy to be able to like look to after the young ones. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, it sucks. Oh but gosh, I, I remember it was one day I was just one of the days I just, I came home from practice, just pissed off because there's quite a few. Um, but uh I came to the house and one of the younger guys that stayed uh, in, in my house for like, I think a week he stayed there for. And he just comes up to me. He's like, Hey, <laughs> and I'm not trying to like bag on him or anything, but like, he, just, he just looks at me is, Hey, can you teach me how to cook pasta? And I, just <laughs> and I just look at him and I just like, it's on YouTube, man. I, I'm just, <laughs> I just went my I just went my room, close the door. Dude, it's like I, I, <laughs> it's 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 a really it's a good story. And I think for I mean, obviously you know Luca and maybe some of the listeners know yeah. Luca because they listened to our episode way back when. Like when he first 
went overseas and he was living with older guys he was like watching them cook and everything and he's like i don't i don't know how to do anything like it's right. it's an important skill you you have to now live on your own you got to feed yourself there's no mom there's no dad to to hold your hand and walk you through it and like you said in someone listening to you tell that story they might think oh why couldn't you just help the kid learn you know I teach him how to make I, I know but i i can 100 percent resonate with that emotion that you were feeling because it's like he's like hey like can you help me make pasta but you're like yo like i'm not having a ton of fun out here either so it's not like just i don't think people quite understood or quite can fully put themselves in the mindset of what it's like to be you know overseas in a different country in a club where maybe things aren't really going well it's tough. Like it's tough to be positive. Like we can, we can smile about it now, but there were definitely days when we were over there where we were talking to each other and we were like, just pissed off at the world. <laughs> yeah. Man, I, looking back now, I definitely kind of regret like uh, how I might've gone about like those kind of discussions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, in the moment, it's just, it's just hard to think rationally, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But to, to help us connect kind of the timeline here, because Germany was a, a few years after you uh, were in college, because you said you went one year right. at Bellevue, right? Yeah, just one. Okay. And then was after that year when you decided that you wanted to, to try and play, or was it a different decision to leave school? Um, well, as I said before, I'm not the best uh, scholar, uh, you, you could say. Um, and so as I think it was, um, I didn't have enough, I didn't pass enough credits in the spring season to be eligible to play for the next, for the upcoming fall season, which would have okay. been my second year. Uh, so I, I just thought to myself, you know what, let's just, let's just go balls to the wall, let's just try it. Uh, and so I, I dropped out then, and then from there, oh man, I should have wrote this down before I came on here. I'm trying to think. <laughs> well, like I have, I, I, like I said, I know some of it from, I remember when we talked, I know there was, I'm, I know you did a couple combines. Was that maybe like yeah. one of the first things that you did was like go to a combine th- or something? Yeah, I think actually, no. Uh, what I did first was, um, cause I have a uh, family over in Norway. Yeah. Uh, cause I have Norway written down. I, I remember yeah. that you had a Norway stint. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure that came first. Yeah, that definitely came first. Um, and I, me and my sister had a had a planned trip to go out there and uh, visit our cousins. And I'm like, hey, you know what? Might as well try to like uh, find some local clubs around there. Try to email them, see if I can come out train with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why Dad just went on the websites, got on Google Translate, uh, and uh, found all their emails. Um, sent out a bunch of emails mm-hmm. probably like close to like 25 or something like that and then maybe got like i think like three no i got four responses and uh, out of those four responses two of the team uh, two of the clubs were like yeah sure hop on in yeah uh and the first club i'm not gonna lie i forget how to pronounce your name uh, so I'm not even gonna try it. Uh, well, but yeah, the other all the one Scandinavian that... ones are, are <laughs> a joke. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. Oh yeah, you know from 
Denmark. That's like yeah. super close to Norwegian. Yeah. That I uh, that I got along with was a uh, Egersunds, mm-hmm. uh, IK, which was in uh, a little bit south of Stavanger. If and uh, any of the uh, Norwegian, Norwegian, Norwegian fans are listening. <laughs> Uh, so it's, it's like a two hours south, two or three hours south of uh, uh, Stefanger, where my where my cousin lives. Okay. Um, and so I I did really well there. Um, and it was actually looking like pretty good for me because I I I think I went to four or five training sessions. Um, and then that was about the time where I had to uh, fly back to the states because. Uh, that's when my flight back was. And then I kept in contact with the coach and he was like, Hey man, like, I think you definitely have potential. I really liked what you brought to the, uh, to the training sessions, but unfortunately, uh, just due to the, uh, foreign players cap, uh, we just don't have the resources, um, to like provide you if if you were to come back here mm-hmm. um and so like at the time i was like heartbreaking because i was like my first time uh experiencing that kind of feedback yeah um but i'm i'm sure you know i know that like that happens all the time if you try to play abroad in, in europe yeah. especially if you don't have like a european passport um but that was like the first time I ever experienced that and that was just like super heartbreaking, heart wrenching. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh so do you know when you first went over to Norway, did you really have any idea of the way like the pyramid or the like you know the way the levels worked or anything like that in Europe at all? I I had it I had an idea, uh just because I went on Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> and I looked it up. because uh, obviously I'm not gonna shoot an email to someone in the Tip a league and, um, but I went to uh, but at that time, um, I had a very, I guess, jaded view of like how good I actually was, mm-hmm. uh, because I thought I was a lot better than I, than I actually was, um, so I was, I was, I was like, uh, because Eggersons was, I think, fourth division at that time, mm-hmm. um. But I was still sending emails to like second division, the like the second division of uh, Norway. Like, oh, I I could do that. Yeah, easy. Yeah. Um. No, nah, but uh, that's def- that's that's definitely changed. Like my uh, self critique, like and like seeing like where I stand, that's definitely gotten a lot better throughout the years. Yeah, yeah, but the. The nice thing about Europe is that you can put yourself in a, you know, for example, if it had worked out with that fourth division club, if you can work hard in that team and you can start to do well, then it's very easy for you to say, yeah, I've done well at this level. I can try for a third, you know, and then same thing, right. like rinse and repeat, go into the third level, start to do well, same thing. Um, and you make a, you make a really good point about being, like devastated when you're not when you're not offered a spot with a club and and a lot of times it might not even have to do with the way that you play at all which is such Mm -hmm. an important thing it almost you almost don't 
you know, when you're young and you're in the States and you don't make a team, it's heartbreaking because you know it's probably because you weren't good enough for that team. I'm sure maybe there's political stuff involved, but when you go somewhere like in Germany or in Norway or wherever and they say, listen, like we think you're a good player, but we just, we don't have enough money to like get you an apartment, get you all that stuff. Now they could just be telling you that because they don't want to (laughs) say, but I always, I always took it the same way that you did. I was like, okay, like I'm good enough to be here, but it just, it doesn't work out because of the money or because of the visa or because of whatever. And it almost, it makes that a little bit easier as you start to do it more to not think every single time, like, oh, you know, I've just been cut again, essentially. Yeah, definitely. It's, I mean, I didn't think of it like they could have been lying. I mean, they could have been calling me trash and I'm thinking I'm about sorry. that now. I'm sorry. Did I just, did I just break that for you? Break that wide open. All right. Can we, uh, can we, can we cut out me uh, crying over here? It's, listen, it's, it's listen, fine. like what, what do we know about Ger- like from the little we experienced of Germans, especially like they, they would tell it to you like it is right. They oh, would yeah. give it to you straight. They're not going to sugarcoat anything. Like their language is so direct. I highly doubt anyone, you know, and, german and all norwegian's like a germanic language or something like yeah. that i think so it's probably the same they're probably going to tell you exactly what it is and they wouldn't oh be yeah like, oh we we think you're amazing when then they go to their assistant and be like yo that guy was shit <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it's it's kind of refreshing how uh up front they are with that kind of stuff yeah yeah they 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 do not sugar coat at all the only sugar they like is like marmalade but that's about it <laughs> um okay so norway gave you a little taste and saw kind of what's out there and what the level's like a little bit didn't work out with that one club what were you thinking as you're on that flight home what's what's kind of next oh man on that flight home i don't exactly remember but it's probably something like uh kind of like the same feeling of uh when I got cut from, or not cut, but uh, not admitted to that uh, that university really? that I was going to go to. And I'm like, man, again, like, apparently I have the quality. I just can't play on the team. Uh, and so I was just like kind of down on myself about that. Um, and I actually remember like being, like being in that mindset of like a, Oh, I just fucking. This always happens to me. This, is, this sucks. Mm-hmm. Like for like a like a solid two weeks or something like that. Um, and then uh, my best friend from uh, Bellevue College, uh, he was like, "All right, they didn't want you. What next? What are you gonna do? Like, what are you gonna do about it?" And I'm like, "All right, you're right." And so I just I just kept training. Um, I was, I was trying to like get on some semi-pro teams around like the Seattle area. Um, and then I went to this, or I found this one uh, uh, combine that was going to happen in LA. And I was like, you know what? Might as well try that. Um, and so I went down there. Uh, first time ever playing in uh the heat uh because i'm from seattle mm-hmm. 
it's uh i think the hottest it probably gets is probably like 45 degrees um and that 13 degrees celsius uh for the uh rest of the world yeah and so i remember the first game uh because i was wearing like uh i was wearing black socks black shoes i got i think it was like in the in the hundreds on turf oh god and i remember after the first game i i I got like burns on the bottom of my feet yeah like my feet were peeling and it was it was awful it was like i didn't know what was happening i yeah uh i couldn't even comprehend um and then so i i'm not gonna lie i can't remember like the how the games went in that combine i just remember like i did I did all right. I I played mainly center back, uh, I think, in in the games. Um, and then uh, I went back to the I went back to Seattle uh, while I was waiting for their response. And they uh, apparently none of the coaches um, or the scouts or whoever they had come from the other different teams. Apparently they uh, weren't interested. Um, but they offered me a spot on like their uh like the the organization that set up the combine uh they're gonna set up like a a show a showcase tour mm-hmm. like where they pick a team go to in my case ireland uh and then uh scrimmage a few uh professional teams semi professional teams amateur teams uh and then see if we could get something over there um and so Obviously, I was like, yep, I'm definitely doing that. And this was about, I think, a month after the Combines. So the, the Combines happened in June, and like early June. And uh, the showcase was in mid-July. I remember that. And that is when I went to Ireland, uh, which was unreal. Ireland is like, because I've been to both England and Ireland. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, start like a a turf war, a turf war or anything. But Ireland was super cool. I, yeah. I, I loved it there. I loved it there. Uh, so what was the play like? What was the what was the level? How was it playing with these oh guys that were you know in the showcase tour? These guys were legit mammoths. Like the Irish guys. Style. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. It was like, because playing here in Tijuana is probably like the complete opposite mm-hmm. of what it was like in Ireland. Uh, I remember one game. Um, I was going up. Uh, I was going up for a corner kick, and then the guy grabbed me by my fingers and just like cranked them, and uh, I broke my middle finger. And actually, to this day, because I didn't go to see a doctor. Uh, so I just like let it heal. And to this day, it's, it's still kind of, I don't know if you can tell, but it's still kind of like crooked. Didn't exactly heal right. But, yeah, no, I just, I just thought it just like hurt really bad. I didn't know it was broken or anything. <laughs> and I was like, ah. And especially with the Irish guys, they're just like, ah, tape it up. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. Um, so how did anything come of this tour? Like, did it work out for any of the players or anything like that? Um, actually, a couple of the players 
I think so. One of the players, uh, uh, and uh, I got to be like really close with him. Uh, his name is Steve. Uh, he actually got a chance to play in Sweden. I want to say it was the is he the fourth? I want to say it was the fourth division in Sweden. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was the uh, the fullback and or the other fullback, and uh, like he 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 was definitely better than me. Um, but it was like by a little bit. Yeah. Um, so just like seeing that and seeing him, who was only like a little bit better than me, I go off to like an actual, like an actual like professional club, which is like super inspiring. And I'm like, oh man, that's like, that's unreal. Like that's the, that's the first time I've, I've actually like met someone who was actually like, I guess, quote, made it. Uh, yeah. And signed like their first professional contract. Uh, and so that was like the, that was a surreal experience for me. Um, I think he started a YouTube channel. I don't, I don't know if it's still going, but I'll follow him on it on YouTube. Did he still play uh, in Sweden? I know he's not in Sweden anymore. Um, I should probably catch up with him. <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of t- old teammates that I don't yeah. keep up with that well, but um but uh, yeah, that, that was a that was the first experience of uh, like, oh, this is like obtainable, you know. So for you, it kind of sounds like, based off what I'm hearing with the combine experience, it was something that showed you, at the least, that it was like a route that could get you to where you want to go. It could get you to the yeah. professional level. Yeah. Uh, and the re- and so the reason I ask, I'm curious, is because I'm sure a lot of people listening, and a lot of the the I guess stigma around combines is very negative you know what I mean a lot of yeah. people immediately are going to assume you're giving money to someone it's a scam it's a scam uh no one ever gets picked no one ever gets scouted the showcase tours are just a way to to grab more money and right. you know let's not get it twisted that I'm sure these companies do make a lot of money oh yeah. but what what maybe from your experience as someone who went to a combine or maybe has been to a couple combines and had an experience doing one of these tours, what would kind of be your honest advice or your honest feedback on the combine experience as a whole? Um, well, first of all, like, uh, those type of combines are like open to anybody, anybody that can pay. So you can have, uh, because I, I I kept a relationship with the uh, with the organization, so I went back for like a I've I've been back for like a a few more combines. I'm actually going back up uh, to LA uh, next month for one. Um, so I've seen I've seen uh like ex MLS players uh, go in there, and then I saw <laughs> and I saw uh, like you see guys with basketball shorts and yep I. I kid you not. I saw one guy playing with Vans, like not no cleats, just van, just Vans. Man, so is it the the quality definitely varies, um, and so something to expect is the first day is probably going to be a shit show because they're just like gauging like, all right, who are the people that are actually like going to be like prospects? Yeah. And then who are the 
other people. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm not, and I'm not trying to be a dick. Like, like, uh, if you're not at that level and you get, I like, picked on the, uh, cause la- later in the games or later in the days in the combines, it's like, it's, it's pretty obvious who are the, like the, the prospect, uh, games and who are like the participation games. Yeah. And if, if, if you are, if you do find yourself in like the participation games, like it's, I think is it is a good experience, especially if you're younger. Um, like that first day, if you're playing against like one of those like ex MLS players and you've never like had any experience like that, mm. like that is, it's definitely, it's definitely eye opening for you. Like, oh shit, like that's where I have to get my game to. Yeah. So I think it's very educational like that. Um, and because don't get me wrong, I've definitely, I, I know plenty of people who've gone, uh, gone into preseasons, gone like trials with different clubs or even contracts off the spot uh, from these combines and showcases. Um, but to be fair, it's, it's like maybe three of three or five out of like 300. Yeah. So it's, it's very, it's definitely a business move by the, by the companies. Um, yeah. And but, like, like you said, that's the, that's what makes it such a good business for them is because it's just, if you can pay, then you can play. Right. And that's right. how you get the guys who are wearing the vans and wearing the basketball right. shorts and stuff like that. And that's what helps. That's what helps keep the business churning and what helps hopefully if you have a good company about when the companies that actually want to move players on, hopefully that funding from maybe players who aren't really at the level continues to allow them to create connections with other clubs and, and keep those things yeah. afloat. I think you bring an important fact here to the table that if you, one, if you've never been around players who have been at the professional level before or are trying to get to the professional level, it's a good way for you to go and be around players who are trying to do the same thing as you and then gauge where you're at because everyone that's at that trial wants to get a contract or is there for a specific reason. And if you look around and you're like, there's a hundred players here that are better than me, that's, that's important. Like that's an important piece of information for you to now learn. And you know, the other thing too, is like, you'll, you'll be able to connect with, like you said, you'll be able to connect with players, maybe that you'll have a relationship with down the road and they'll go on to do something and you play with them at a combine. So you recognize each other, that type of thing. So I always, I'm hesitant to kind of go one way or the other in terms of yes, do combines. No, don't do combines. Cause I do think there's probably companies out there that I would say, no, I don't, I don't think that's a good idea that it might just take your money. But if you're a player that doesn't have connections, if you don't have uh, opportunities just presenting themselves to you all the time, the combine might be the best way for you to at least get something, uh, you know, yeah, start exactly. the ball rolling and figure out and start to learn a little bit and then learn a little bit more and then figure out how you want to go about pursuing your career. If you just have nothing or you graduate from some small college or high school and then think, 
I'm just going to go play pro. It, it just, it, it doesn't right. really work like that. No, it, it, it definitely, it, it's, it's definitely just situational. You know, it depends on the situation. Yeah. Man, so love me a good cop-out answer. <laughs> <laughs> it It's, it's so true though, for like this game. And it's why, you know, there's even a player who we both know that was in Germany with us that has, you know, produces content and stuff like this and <laughs> has come yeah. out and, and just will oh, flame some them. of these companies. Right. Oh, God, and, yeah. And say they're all a scam. They're the percentage of people that are going to get picked. Like you said, it might be three out of a hundred. I mean, that's, I think people get jaded because there's money involved in the combines, but that's the reality of the pro game as a whole. You know what I yeah. mean? Like there's only going to, there's going to be hundreds and thousands of people that try and become a pro and it's only going to be a small number as it is. So if anything, the combine is just kind of a representation of what it is really like right? with a real club. So you know, yes. Is it, is it maybe a wishy-washy answer of us to say, well, it depends on the situation and sometimes yes, sometimes no. Sure. But it's the reality. As like it is what it is. Yeah. You know, if you're, a, if, if you play in an MLS Academy and you're super high level and you come out and you have opportunities. No, I don't think you need to go to a combine. It's probably a waste of your money and you'll probably play against players that are worse than you. But yeah, if you don't have anything coming out of college and you just need to try and figure out something for yourself, you know, create an opportunity out of nothing. Yeah. Combine's probably the best way to go for you to at least figure some stuff out about the professional game. Yeah, exactly. So if, 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 if you, the person watching this are asking that question, just think about your situation and just say like, Hey, in my specific situation, like what are the benefits of going to this? And then what are the negatives going to this? Yeah. And because everybody's situation is different. Yeah. And because what I always like to try and talk about on this podcast as well is, you know, especially for guys like you and me who kind of realized, okay, it's the way the system in the U S is, it's really tough to break into it and move up. So probably the way that we have to go about it is like, see if we can go overseas, you know, preferably Europe or wherever. Right. So to think a combine is a scam because they're taking your money. But if you want to go to Europe, that's going to cost money. Yeah. And more money than a lot more (laughs) combine. Now, you know, I I might argue if you like, if you did what you did, you go to Norway and you just, move to a place for a few months and you email every club that you can get a train to that might, that might honestly be a better use of your money, but it is still money. And you might still go to Norway and every single club that you try out with might say, no, like that's a reality of it too. So I think that's just another thing that I would say to you that are listening out there is like, don't, don't expect to go in and just, not have to to open up your wallet a little bit like if if you really want this that's going to be one of the things you're going to have to to chip in a little bit right like that's 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 one of the biggest things i learned over the years like like this lifestyle is pretty expensive like because most of the times if you're if you're going on trials places you have to supply your like your own 
plane ticket. Uh, sometimes you have to pay for your own uh, like housing. Sometimes they give you housing uh, to stay there for trials, but yeah, not know, always. It's, yeah, it's expensive. Yeah, and so and so I want to ask you this, and and obviously let me preface it by by saying that I'm someone who is doing something similar to you, so I. I I can understand the motivation, but I think, especially in the way that you say it's an expensive, you know, it's an expensive lifestyle, it's an expensive dream to pursue. And even the money that we would potentially be trying to make once we sign contracts is like just peanuts compared to what a real job is, you know, in, in the world. So like, I, and I, and I don't want to phrase it as if, you know, why are you doing this? Why are you chasing this career path? Like, cause that's not really the, where I'm coming at it from, but it, if you can help like to enlighten the listener a little bit of like, what's your why, or like, why do you still pursue the game in this way? You know what I mean? Because like I said, I'm not, I'm not trying to say, Hey, what are you doing? This is dumb. Like, I'm just trying to give the listener the mindset of like, why we do what we do, if that makes sense. Right. Um, I have a, I have a few different answers for that. Um, a few of them are nice, are like a, probably PR answers. And then a couple of them are a little bit selfish, not going to lie. Um, but yeah, that's the biggest thing is just like, you need to know like why you're doing it for, like, even if it's selfish, you need to know why you're doing it for. Um, so one of, one of the reasons my crazy ass keeps doing this is because I mean, honestly, uh, this is all I know. Like, uh, I mean, what I know about soccer, like, uh, like I can coach and I can play. I, and I, in my humble opinion, I think I know quite a bit. If, if there's like anything else, I guess I, I couldn't tell you anything. I got, this is the only thing I have knowledge in. Uh, so I'm kind of like, Hey, this is all I got. So you better keep going. Like double down on what you, you know, really know the most about. Yeah. Like it, it, it it wouldn't even take me. I, I couldn't even imagine myself as a pharmacist engineer man, my dyslexic ass would just be like, it'd be unreal. I'd, I'd be fired on the spot. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, also, I mean, it's a little bit, and this is one of the more like, cliche ones, but I, I just, I just love playing, you know? Yeah. Um, and I. Let's take a break to talk about support for the In the 11 podcast is brought to you by Manscaped who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped Performance Package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code 11 at manscaped.com. Now, if my math is correct, that's about 8 million balls. Now, listen, here's the deal, gentlemen. The Performance Package 4.0 has arrived. 
and it is a game changer. Now, I know we got a lot of ballers out here, right? We got a lot of coaches out here. A lot of you, I know in your sessions, in your games, you're constantly saying, you got to take care of the ball, but you're not taking care of your own. It's crazy. It's it's wild. And we got to change that here. And Manscaped's going to help you do that. So first off, we've got the Lawnmower 4.0, and it is the future of men's below the waist grooming. And that is because of their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is also waterproof. It has a 400K LED spotlight, so no more going blind in the bathroom, getting hair all over the floor, right? Pop in the shower, you've got the light as well, easy, and you're done. On to the next one. Now, same goes for that weed whacker, the Manscaped weed whacker for your ear and nose hair trimming necessities. You've got the proprietary skin safe technology, which is going to help reduce with nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate, sensitive areas. Now, last but not least, we can't forget about the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toner. A lot of you guys, I know you've got a routine with your recovery, right? You've got pre-game rituals, you've got post-game rituals, a recovery routine that you do after, right? Hop in an ice bath, whatever it is, you have to add your below-the-waist care to that. You've got to take care of your balls, gentlemen. You don't want to be playing 90 minutes and then you come in and you're sweaty and disgusting and you're not taking care of yourself you got you got to do it and manscaped like i said is here to help you in that department and who knows maybe that special someone that's in your life coming to the game watching you play you know you play good 90 minutes maybe you bag a goal i don't know you want to be ready you want to be prepared you don't want to be in a situation where you are left without manscaped now just because manscaped is hooking you up and they want to take care of you the Performance Package 4.0 has a couple of goodies thrown in there. They've got the Manscaped Boxer Briefs, and they threw in a little carry-on bag just to travel with all of your Manscaped products, whether you're going for an away game, right? It's a road trip, you're in a plane, whatever. Chuck all your Manscaped products in there. You don't have to think about it. You can forget about it and make sure that you're still taken care of. So it is time, gentlemen, because your balls will thank you. It is time to take care of yourself. So go to manscaped.com and get 20% off with free shipping using the code 11. That's 20% off with free shipping using the code 11, E-L-E-V-E-N at manscaped.com. That is 20 whole percent off of your order. 20% off your order with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code 11, unlock your confidence, and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. And as you get higher in, in the level, uh, as, it, as it gets more competitive, uh, I know a lot of players that have, have quit playing are trying to pursue because I, they kind of like lose, it, it kind of loses the, the fun because it's so competitive, um, yeah. which I definitely understand. I, I definitely understand. Like it's a, it's a doggy dog world out there. Yeah. Uh, Cause like you're literally competing for each other's jobs. Yeah. Um, but that also, that brings me to another reason. Like I, I just, I just love being competitive. Um, Cause as I said before, I, I've, I've never been like the best on like, any of the teams I've been on uh, like Darmstadt was probably like the first team. I, I was like, actually like one of the better players on that team. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, granted it was a under 23s, but still, uh, 
I mean, like, uh, still, those are all players that are trying, you know, trying right. to do what you're trying to do. So, and still quality players too. Mm-hmm. But um, like so for like my whole life, I, I'm just like, all right, I'm at the bottom. I want to get to the top. I don't care what it's gonna take. I don't care how how many days I'm gonna have to work in a row. How many double days I want to get there, and. I'm not going to lie. I can't tell you, like, why I feel like that. I just do. It's just in my nature. Um, so that's, that's definitely one of the bigger drivers. Um, and then I don't know if you felt this uh, with coaching, because uh, I, I never felt this way um, until I started coaching, um, and uh, especially uh, coaching – at a uh, interlake high school shout out um you, you meet a lot of kids who uh you don't realize kind of look up to you mm-hmm. uh in a way that they kind of like like oh i kind of I, I i hate to sound kind of like bra- braggadocious or anything like that but i they look up to you like, oh, I want to be like him, you know? Um, and so when you have all those eyes on you, like saying, and like, and they know that they're, like, that you're trying to chase your dream, you can't stop. Yeah. Dude, I, I love that you brought that up because I actually just had a moment recently that reminded me of that same kind of sentiment. And, so, you know, for those that have listened to my podcast, know that I was in Denmark and then I came home and now I'm playing semi-professionally for a team around here. Right. And so I've been doing a little bit of coaching as well. And I am doing kind of like individual sessions right now. And I just the other day finished up a session with these three younger players. They were, they were good players. It was, it was fun. And the guy, I kind of work for a guy who's created a, you know, a company that does training and and all that stuff. And I was working with him and he introduced me to their parents and he said to their parents, he was like, yeah, this is Brendan. Like he just got back from playing professionally in Denmark and now he's playing for the shockers. And all three of the kids were like, you're, you're, you're playing for the shockers. And I was like, yeah. And then the moms were asking too, like, oh, like we're, we, we were going to bring them to the game this upcoming weekend and what position do you play and et cetera, et cetera. And I feel like, I feel like sometimes I've become, because like you said, in a way the game is like, we've poured ourselves into it, right? We just like, right. we've gone all in, we've put all the chips in the center of the table. And so we've learned so much about the game and in a way it's like, I feel kind of jaded sometimes because I know what the levels are and, you know, I know that there's players who have played at a higher level than me and who are doing better than me. And so even this, like, and you know what the NPSL is like, the semi-professional level and in the States and you kind of can for a second, like count it out because it's, it's, it's semi-professional and and it's this, it's that it's, it's whatever, but, but, bring it back to that simplest part of that kid that's looking up to you. Like that kid doesn't really know, you know, that kid hasn't gone all the way to 
to do everything that you've done in the game and, and actually realize like, they just think you're going to play in front of a couple hundred people and they're going to get to watch you like, and they think that's so cool. So that's such an important point that you make. Like, even for us who may know what the different levels are like in Europe for, you know, for you to talk to young kids, it's like, I've played in Norway. I've played in Germany. I've played in Mexico now I've like, and that's big. And, and so I try and remind myself of that, even though sometimes it's hard because, you know, I, I know what it was like at the levels we were playing at Germany. I know what I was doing in Denmark, but it's still a huge accomplishment that like not a lot of people really get to experience. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, no, definitely. Cause I, I, I actually had the very similar uh, experience when I was actually in Rochester in Western New York um, when I was playing for the Lancers in the MASL season, uh, the indoor, uh, indoor season. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, uh, so I was also uh, doing individual trainings, uh, with some of the, with some of the kids and, uh, they're like, yeah, they're playing for the, or he plays for the, uh, the Rochester Lancers and in Rochester, like the land, it's like the two biggest teams uh, for soccer are the Rhinos and the Lancers, like those, those, those are the two teams with like the most history, uh, in that city. Uh, so everybody knows who like the Lancers are. And so like that, that, that look that they have is like, Oh my God, no way. Uh, that being said, um, that was my first time playing professional indoor soccer. So I never got a minute of playing time. Uh, <laughs> so every time they came to see me, I just, I just waved to them from the bench. <laughs> but but still, it's, it's like, you, you got, uh, like, even at, like, even kids, like, at the high school, high school age, or college, collegiate age, um, or even, like, I have, I have friends uh, my age, like, in their like, mid-20s, uh, that, have come up to me and like, hey man, like, I I I just want to say like it's really cool like how you're still like actually like pursuing what you want to do, mm -hmm. like even like because one of my one of my best friends Canyon, um from like from middle school and high school, he was like, man, I I've seen like the work that you've put in, and I've seen like the the highest and definitely I've seen the lows uh, and he he was like I just appreciate the fact that you're still like still going for it you know um yeah. and because he was going through a similar situation where he was like uh uh right out of college he got a, a engineering job at Boeing uh which is like a plane manufacturing company um super huge in in, in Seattle um and it's actually like a super, super well-paying job. I, I'm not going to say how much it was, uh, but it was like really, really high paying for like yeah, fresh right out of college. Out of college yeah. And, but he was so unhappy, like what, of what he was doing. And then like after that, like a little conversation that we had, he was like, that's, that's actually really good to know. And, uh, cause he and now he's been I think for a year now he's just been traveling the world uh from like what he saved up from working at Boeing mm 
mm-hmm. and I was just traveling the world. And uh, he's just doing what he wants to do. And he's just like following his heart. And so I was like, I was like one of the most important parts or most important um, situations that, that have happened to me. And I think that's definitely like a powerful thing that keeps me going because you never know who's watching you, you know? Yeah, 100%. I, I think you bring up the most important part is like, it, it's just about trying to do what makes you happy, you know? And that's why even, well, I know I am still yeah. <laughs> in myself yeah. trying to figure out, you know, where, where I'm at and what I'm trying to do, because I, uh, I think my motivations are very, very similar to yours in playing. And, you know, we've had extensive conversations back when we were in Germany and all that stuff. And I think what, what just made me start to think more was like Germany was tough, right? Like it was just hard. And then Denmark, I thought it was, I I just thought it was going to be so different, you know? And there was a lot of things that were different, but there was also some of that same, just this is really difficult. And so I'm just trying to figure out like, how is it, how can I still be happy, still be in the game, still not be in the, you know, whatever it is, it's, uh, it's difficult because the, you know, the big thing that you just said is that the highs and the lows is, is this, there's no other better analogy for this than it is a roller coaster. Like, Oh yeah. And if, and sometimes you just feel like you have to hold on and see and see what's where it's going to take you. Like, because, you know, you brought something up earlier about how you've just, you've become so dedicated to the training. Right. And I think that's important for all players to realize, like, eventually you just, the training almost becomes second nature, you know, especially for a player like you, you're, you know, like, you're just going to put the hours in because that's what you know, that's the way you're wired now. And it's just, you're always thinking about how am I going to get better? How am I going to put in the work? How am I going to put in the work? Like that part's almost the fun part or the easy part The where the roller coasters start to come in is when you're in Germany and it's, it's hard and you're missing home and like things aren't going your way. Or, you know, now when you're in Mexico and you're in a city that you don't love and like, so I don't know if I've met, if I've with this long tangent that I've gone, I don't know if I've really, driven it in one direction or made a solid point but i guess just i don't know that this this roller coaster of a of a world for those who pursue the game is something that you have to really consider before you try it like is that something that you can handle you know what i mean because i think what's important about what some of your friends are saying to you is there might be a level of like I'm so proud of you that you're able to do this. But also I know I've had friends that are like, uh, it's awesome that you can do that. I couldn't do it. You know what I mean? Like I can never do what you're doing. And there was a time where maybe I said, where maybe I I didn't understand that, you know, I'm like, how can you not like this? This is, this isn't crazy. Like I'm going over here. I'm going over there. We're playing like (laughs) pretty easy. You just train. What do you you mean? You you just like, spend all your money on a flight to a country where you don't know anyone you train four hours a day every day and then 
maybe none of it works out, but then you do it again. Like, how is that not so easy to you? <laughs> Simple. Um, yeah. It's just like people got to know maybe what they're signing up for, you know, when, yeah. they, when they really want to do this. Yeah. And I, and also I just want to add something there before we move on for like motivation and stuff like that. Like it's, it is really good to have motivation. It's super important to have motivation, but I think what's even more important is uh, teaching yourself discipline because you're not going to have motivation 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And most likely you're not going to have motivation for when you need it the most. Like, Oh my, especially in Germany, like you, you wait, we wake up, we just like look at each other like, man, I don't want to train today, (laughs) but like, we're just disciplined enough to just like, we don't want to, but we know in order to get better, we have to, Yeah, like this, this is what we have to do. Yeah. You have to, you have to bring it to the point where it just like you said, you have to become disciplined and then you just have to create habits for yourself. Right. Like habit though, definitely habits. Yeah. Whereas, you know, it's, it's like you, you've heard, probably heard players say before, eventually for you, your training just has to become the same as brushing your teeth or taking a shower for that day. Like it just, it has to become one of those things. And it's yeah. why I almost feel like, I don't know if this is necessarily my hot take or whatever, but I feel like at a certain point, at a certain level, it's almost like the training, like you can't even really look at the training. Like you can't take it. I don't want to say seriously because you have to take it tremendously seriously, but I just, I quit. I worry about the guys who are just like, Oh, like I'm just training so hard. Like, and they think that's it. That's the only piece of the equation. You know what right. I mean? Like uh, it's, it's just putting on your pants. Exactly. It's what it's you like, do. It's, it, once it becomes a habit like that for this super elite of level player, then you have to understand everybody's doing that. Like equate it to brushing your teeth every day, bro. Everybody's doing that. Like everybody, right. I, I know you and I train very hard, but I'm sure there's like, and anyone who's already at the pro level or at the semi-pro level, like they're training too. So you yeah. almost have to like, that just cancels out for all those players. What is it like that you're going to do differently? Are you going to try and go play somewhere that no one else is willing to go to? Like, you know, for you, in your example, like I'm going to go down to Mexico, I'm going to try this out and then I'm going to see like, if you're just a guy who's in America and you're in the same spot that you've been in for your whole life and you're like, but I'm training so hard. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Everybody, everybody's training. Like everybody's training, like, you know, guys like you have gotten to the point now where it's just second nature. Like you just put in the work. It's like punch in, punch out every day. Right. It's like, before we have, before we have a zoom meeting, what do you have to do? Turn on the computer. That's, that's it. Like if you want to do something with this career, train. And then like that, that's just like the beginning steps. What comes after that, like writing emails, doing highlight videos, CVs or resumes, getting out of your comfort zone. That's what happens next. But training, that's just, it's just turning on a computer, you know? 100%. Yeah. 
So uh, we touched on it a little bit, but right now Mexico is uh, is where we're we're phoning in from. So talk talk yep. to me a little bit about this. What are we oh, doing man. down in beautiful Tijuana? Oh man. Um, to preface, and we we talked about this off air, but I've only been to two cities in Mexico: Guadalajara, which was a phenomenal city, and Tijuana, which is slightly less not, slightly less uh, enjoyable. Uh, we could say. I mean, oh man, there's there's just like so much. My ADD just can't handle it right now to, to, to tell you. Like, so, so I, I'll help. I'll help. Let's, let's direct it. <laughs> so you and I were playing together in Germany in Darmstadt. Yeah. And then this was in 2009. Dude, my whole Nin- timeline is just from COVID and everything. Was, like, I don't even yeah. know what years was, are, are going on. It was so we, the fall of 2019. Fall of 2019. You and I were playing together in Darmstadt. And then at yeah. the end of that season, or, you know, the past, mid, the last like, few winter months, season. Yeah, we started going out on trial, and yeah. I was supposed to go back to a team in Germany. I believe you were supposed to go back to a team in Germany as well. Yep. Bierstadt, if I don't, if Bierstadt, I remember yeah. correctly, yeah, correct. Which was close to Darmstadt, I, like in that general yeah, that's area. Like a, yeah, a little bit. Um, away. COVID threw both of our plans out the window, and then everybody's we, plans. Yeah. A lot of players' plans, and you spent twenty rest of twenty twenty at home in in Seattle. Yep. Yeah. So then, yeah. How did it come about getting this opportunity to go down to Mexico? Like, what? What's the league? What's the team? When did that all kind of take place for you? Oh man. Uh, so it started with um, one of actually one of my uh, buddies from Bellevue College, but we didn't play together in Bellevue College. Um, he played after me when I was the assistant coach for the women's team. Um, so, like, I, kn- I knew him through there. Um, and we were just catching up, and uh, he was like, hey, uh, I might have a, a, a friend that could, like, hook, like, hook you up with uh, – another guy to give you trials Mm -hmm. um in guadalajara and i was like it's been a year since i played a a real game i'm in whatever i don't care i'm in i have to do it uh and so yeah it was my friend's friend who hooked me up with his friend in guadalajara Mm -hmm. uh who is coincidentally uh, my coach right now uh, in Tijuana. Um, but I stayed, I stayed at uh, his house for about a month. Uh, it was like roughly like the month of, I forget if it was November or December. I think it was November. And so I threw, threw, uh, through my coach now, this is going to get confusing, uh, through my coach now, uh, I, I went around on trials to a bunch of different teams in the Guadalajara area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I was, I was tra- training with uh, 
fourth division teams uh, and a third division team. Um, and I think, and Mexico is a little bit weird at the moment, at the moment, because they're going through like a, a weird like restructuring. Um, yeah, their leagues. Yeah. And, but it doesn't really matter too much. They're good level teams. Uh, and I was staying with this one club for a while, um, Caneros, uh, and because they liked how I played. And so I, was, I spent like, it was like a solid three weeks with them. Uh, I played in, uh, I think, like six games, six like friendly games, because uh, they, they weren't playing in season because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were just playing a bunch of friendly games. And I, I was playing a lot of minutes um, as a center back because apparently I'm fucking huge down here. <laughs> I'm six foot for reference, so like not even that tall, but like down here, oh my god, I'm giant. Uh, So I was playing center back for this team, and they really liked me, but uh, unfortunately, they just weren't looking for a center back at the time. Um, And I was like, okay, cool, thanks for telling me, thanks for giving the opportunity. And I was literally about to go home, back to the chalkboard again. Um, but then, uh, the, my coach now, I literally days before I left to go back, got a call. Um, and they're like, they offered him the, the head coaching spot and he was like, Hey, you want to come with me to Tijuana? And I'm like, all right, let's do it. And so here I am in Tijuana. Wow. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I was like the, it was one of the weirdest, weirdest ways to, to, to get on a team, but hey, it works. <laughs> exactly. And so I know you've told me the season will go until what, like the end of this summer, right? Yeah. So there was, there was a lot of changes because uh, it was, this is an, a, an inaugural season. Um, or, yeah, sorry, it was an inaugural season for the league. Uh, so it was supposed to go from, like, I think, like, March till the end of August or something like that. But now they're just doing, like, a tournament, kind of like the uh, kind of like the MLS's back tournament tournament that they did. Gotcha. Uh, where you have, like, different divisions and, like, their groups. And then once you do well in that group, you go into, like, knockout rounds. And then if you do well, you go all the way to the finals. If not, we go home. And so that actually starts, I want to say next week or t- in two weeks. I know it starts like super early in June. Gotcha. Um, so it could and, be a while that you're still playing in Mexico or it could be only two or three more weeks. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, cause we, we have the, the group play. So we have like a set like amount. Gotcha. Um, I think, I think they would start like the the knockout rounds probably on like mid July or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so it could be I, I could be going back mid July. Could be going back August. And honestly, again, from Seattle, this Tijuana heat is different. Gravy. Unreal. <laughs> it's not even June, and I am burning up. I don't understand how people live in this in this weather. 
So what's the what's on the horizon for you, you think? I know this this level and this league kind of in Mexico is an in between an in between type stop, you know what I mean? Like you said, right. trying to get games on the C V again, trying to get some highlights put together and just get back in the swing of things. So do you have you thought about where uh where you're looking at or or that type of thing? Oh, definitely thought where I'm looking at. But um I mean right now, uh no solid leads, but it's just trying to find emails to clubs and like uh, maybe like the USL Championship League One, uh, NISA, NISA, because mm-hmm. uh, we we got a, a few co- uh, former teammates that play for a few of the teams, and uh, NISA, um, and honestly, I've just been like uh until I get like my my highlights, like all my highlights, I'm not gonna send out anything because mm-hmm. I want to have like a renewed one. Uh, so for the time being, I've just been like going on, uh, going on like soccerway.com, uh, trying to find like a bunch of teams from a bunch of different countries, shoot my shot. Hopefully it lands, but yeah. we'll see. So uh, I'll, I know we've been going for a while, so I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. end no, on, this, on this uh, idea. I think so I'd be interested to see what, your thought is and we talked about some of it like right we talked about the roller coaster of trying to to play this game at a high level and and all those types of things so give me if you can maybe we can start end on a positive so give me like a pro and a con to like what do you love about playing in different places and trying to become professional and all that type of thing and what's a what's one of the cons for you like one of the bigger cons in in trying to do this okay that's like you said we'll end on a good note so i'll start with the cons first um one of the biggest cons is like the time that you sacrifice with friends and family that you have back home um because like for like the past probably five years i've missed my best friend's birthday uh which really sucks um but i mean it's great that he understands and he's rooting for me um but you know it's, i just want to be there for like his birthday um my sister's birthday is usually in that like gray area where I, sometimes i'm there sometimes i'm not and then it's just obviously you want to be with your friends and family and stuff like that so uh and then also like uh relationships you know um it's really hard to uh create and, and bond over like a couple months and then you just have to bounce mm-hmm. uh and so that's, that's that's been that's definitely been a struggle um yeah i i i've noticed i think most players probably have the same and i would agree it's the same for me that you spend so much time away from your friends and your family. And like you said, those big moments, like Germany, you know, you and I spent Thanksgiving together or whatever. Yeah. Like it was us as a team that spent Thanksgiving together. All of our friends and family are back home and we miss a lot of those things. And 
as well, the relationships piece is huge. It's hard, like it's hard to create a romantic relationship with someone that you are only, you don't really know how long you might even be in a place or you might be back home, but you might not really be at home for that long. So maybe you don't really feel like you should start something with a person. And then like, you know, you're going to get on a flight in two months. And I think the only other piece I want to add to that is that I've been thinking about recently is that I think part of it too, with the teammates that you play with is like, you create these, these really tight relationships with your teammates. Like, and a lot of times those are short lived as well, because maybe it's, you only get to play together for a year or you only get to play together for a few months. And then right. somebody doesn't you get never signed or somebody's got a better opportunity. And that's another thing too, is it's so many like relationships that are short yeah don't get to experience them in the full way one of my friends who i work with over here he was just telling me about how he's like yeah you know we've all been hanging out for x amount of years like we you know and damn i don't really (laughs) (laughs) like that sounds awesome like i don't really have i don't want to say it like that but like i don't really have friends like that that i've just been able like you know we've been kicking it for five years now it's like i got friends all over the world and that's incredible but yeah. like i haven't seen you since we left germany like in person you know right. what i mean like so and i don't know when we're going to see each other in person again like 100%. you luca liang i think liang's been on your podcast right he has yeah yeah liang fan favorite um because yeah. like you said they're like all over the, like all over the world so once you leave you never know when you're going to like actually see them again yeah yeah but okay let's let's give that we need some need some positivity to, to nail it home right. I, need, I need to i need tissues again hold on one second <laughs> but uh writing off the back of that one i think yeah that's a con but it's also a pro as well because i there's there's people like i would have never met in my entire life uh that we created such a good bond. Like, like I said, me, you, Luca, uh, Liang, for sure. Um, yeah, people in Brazil. I know people in Germany, Congo, Canada. He's sitting right there. <laughs> <laughs> and and even. Even if it's like a short distance, like uh, my roommate is from Vancouver. I'm from I'm from Seattle. We're like three hours away, but if it, never met, and we live three hours apart, mm-hmm. so I th- I think that's I think that's a really cool thing about uh about this lifestyle. Yeah. Um. I mean, we can we can always go with the cliche. I do what I love for a living. I'm trying to think of something like more profound though. What about you? I haven't, I haven't, I haven't heard any answers from you yet. <laughs> I think, you know what? It's, it is probably, it's probably definitely a big piece is the, the people aspect of it. Like I've, I've learned about myself that that's, 
like that's where I'm successful. That's where I'm happy is when I'm around people and, you know, we're, we're working towards a common goal or something like that. And that's why I loved sports in the way that I have and soccer specifically in the way that I have, because I think you can create a bond with people when you're doing something athletic and it's challenging and, you know, it's competitive. That's just different than if you just go to school with somebody or you just work with somebody, you know what I mean? Like, I think there's a, there's a different level to that. And 100%, like you said, for me, it's been so cool to meet people from all over the world and learn so much about the world and other people's cultures through that and using the game as well. Like, I don't know if I would have ever gotten the chance to meet somebody from Germany, meet somebody from Australia, meet somebody from England, if I didn't have this game. And now, you know, I can go on a flight to Australia and visit a buddy and I can learn about that culture through that, the eyes of that person, which is, which is cool. I think is a big one. And you know, the other one I would say is it, maybe it is cliche to to say you get to do what you love every day, but maybe it's just there. I never found anything else that was like that you loved as much as that feeling of just, getting up and training and getting up and going to work and it's putting on your boots and like playing a game. It, 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 I don't know. It's, it's hard to compare to anything else. And, you know, maybe part of it is like you said, maybe it's just, it's all I know. Like it is, it just, it's almost, I've said this on the podcast before. I think it, I almost felt like I didn't really have another choice. Like this is just what, my heart had decided like, yo, we're doing this Bubba. So like (laughs) buckle up. Cause I don't know where we're going to go. I just, I felt like such a drive and such a, once I really got going with it, like such a drive and a motivation to chase it for all that it was that you don't even, you don't even think really about anything else. Like it just becomes natural to you. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. And I was actually, um, to piggyback off of uh, what you said earlier about the culture, because I was actually just thinking about that. Like, if if I haven't, if I hadn't gone to like all these different places, I would have, I don't think I would have been as, I guess, culturally sensitive. Because um, I know a lot of, a lot of times if you, I could say, if you like, I don't know eating dinner next to a German family or something like that. And uh, I, I don't know, you just overhear them like talking about some stuff. And a lot of times if I didn't know any better, I would have been like, those guys sound kind of like dicks. Like sound like I like stuck up, but like I've, I've been to these countries and I'm like, Oh, that's no, that's just how they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the other side, I've, I've, seeing like other cultures views of american culture too yeah so like yeah it makes, know, it's, you, it makes you so much more compassionate and empathetic i think for sure like yeah. i i remember i had an experience like recently where when i was working at the restaurant there was a family that came in that you could tell english wasn't their first language right and i mean they they knew english and like we were able to work through and get them everything that they wanted in terms of food and then there was some like small issue with the bill and at first I thought they hadn't left a tip and I was like, Oh, it might just be, you know, a cultural thing. They didn't quite understand what the receipt said or whatever. And I remember one or two of the other employees were kind of like, Ugh, like 
you know, almost disgusted by it. And I was like, no, you know, I've been in the position of being the person walking into a building that doesn't know the language. And it's, it sucks. It's not a fun feeling. Like you feel like an idiot. So I, you know, and maybe five, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have that same level of compassion for another person. Whereas now I do, like, I can understand that person that walks in and you start speaking to them in English and they go, uh, (laughs) what? Like, I've been there. I've been there far too many times to count. So I'm yeah, doing that right now. <laughs> yeah. And you're experiencing that right now. with people who speak Spanish a million miles an hour at you and you're like, uh, Hola, como estas? Oh, so I think it's, I think it's a good place to end. I, yeah. uh, got to talk about a lot. Um, Thank you, man. Thanks for coming on. This is this is yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, because I gotta run. I gotta get off to training, and you need to go and uh, enjoy some more Mexican heat. So, believe me, I'm joining. I'm enjoying it from here inside. (laughs) From the air conditioning. I oh no, there's no air conditioning. Oh, I don't don't, don't know if you can see me uh, glistening right now, but oh my goodness. All right, brother. It's been good to catch up with you. Happy to have you on the podcast. And uh, to all the listeners out there, thank you for listening. This has been episode 36 with my man, Austin Hill. And uh, we'll catch all you guys soon. Peace. Like, comment, and subscribe. Exactly. You heard the man. Rate, review, all that good stuff. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. All right. See you, man. Bye. Bye.